0: Hi everyone and welcome to episode two of the Sunday Stir Up proudly brought to you by Hiders Australia and Hound Haulers Transport. You can find them both on Facebook or please google search them and support those businesses that support greyhound racing. This week dad and I had a chat about the week in greyhound racing from across Australia. We touched on the breeding barn and also had a new little segment to do with the process from when you first buy a pup right until they hit the racetrack and hopefully win you a big race. I hope you enjoy this episode and if you have any questions or feedback or would like a shout out on this podcast please send me an email at the greyhoundgirlau at gmail.com all right dad back by popular demand mainly because of you um got a lot of good feedback about you people said uh, a lot of questions I got were Who's your dad? Where's he come from? He's got a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge. So I thought I'd just start off this podcast quickly. Can you just tell me a little bit of background um, about your experience in greyhound racing?
1: Uh, yeah, I got interested in greyhounds when I was 12-year-old with my uncle. Every second person in Singleton had a greyhound in them days, walking the streets with them. Poor man's uh, sport, they all said, but... Uh, yeah, 12-year-old and still going. I sort of drifted out a little bit and then when you come along and got interested, we drifted back in and we've been there ever since.
0: I don't think I really had a choice. You took me to the track at, what, seven, eight years old and we sat there on a Sunday watching the trials eating Maccas and that was pretty much it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I used to look after the, air, the engine for the hair over at Singleton and that because I'm a motor mechanic and... Uh, yeah, drove it a few times. You actually drove it
0: too. I know. <laughs> that was in between trials, just so no one freaks out. It wasn't actually during the trials. It was just in between. But, yeah, no, it was a good experience being up there, and obviously it's changed a lot now. It was, what was it, just an old le- heavy lever back then? Yep.
1: Yeah, just an old diesel motor with a gearbox and starter off in second gear and just drive her the one gear all the
0: time. I got a bit nervous a couple of times with how uh, – how much that little shed thing that we were in used to shake and rattle, but yeah, no, it was good fun. It was good fun being um being up there. But you've sort of like what have you dabbled into? I know you you've broke in a few dogs and that yourself, pre trained and trained. Um, but you've obviously you know back in the day you and Pop bred a few litters as well.
1: Yeah, we done everything from whelping our own to to rearing them and then race breaking them in and racing them. Uh, we broke all ours in ourselves and. Welping wasn't sort of uh, like it is nowadays. So I got a bit lost when we whelped the neck the litter just gone, but yeah, it was pretty easy in them days and uh, off to the stud and back home and wait.
0: Yep. What um what process did you enjoy the most, sort of, from the welp and right up to the train and is there a particular aspect that you, you know, found the most um you know, the most exciting?
1: Yeah, I, like I Used to like breaking them in the own dogs and uh, mucking them around, getting them chasing out of the boxes. Uh, My uncle had a straight track we used to use with the drag, and then from there you progress to the arm. It was uh, yeah, it was, we all worked, so it was a steady progress. But they all got done. You could certainly see uh, the improvement in them all the time, and they were they were good days then. 'Cause uh everyone everyone used to break their own in, really, because uh, they couldn't really afford to send them away. Yeah. So we done most of it ourselves. But there was Ambrose Murray and uh, Ned Redgrove and all them. They used to break them in. I had sent a few to them. So Cessnop was a big area then for the dogs with the Cessnop track.
0: Yep. Yeah and that's due to come back soon obviously as a trial track which I know a lot of people are excited about and yeah I'll um keep everyone posted on hopefully that uh coming back soon because yeah that's obviously um you know back in the day that was when I won my first race with you there and caught my first winner there and yeah no it was a good track to go to yeah
1: Cessna was sort of the hub of the greyhound race and in the middle of it from Beaumont Park Cessna Maitland Musselbrook and then you Worked your way up the line to Gunnedah, Tamworth, if you wanted to go further on. But, yeah, that was that was where all the good dogs used to go for the big track and then you could go straight to Harold Park from there.
0: Yep. Um, we'll touch on a little bit later. I, I said to people earlier when I posted that we're going to sort of have a bit of a brief chat uh, just to explain to people that aren't quite sure, just a basic outline of the process from when you first purchase a pup just right up until they hit the track. I think some people think, oh, you know, it's... It's um, you know it's not an overly complicated process, but there are a lot of steps to it, and I think it's good to touch on just for anyone that is looking to get involved in the industry, just so they know exactly what they need to be prepared for. Um, I'd firstly like to just touch on, and I think this is an important point because I don't want people to think I'm ignoring this. Um, the footage that got released, obviously, um, from South Australia, uh, while obviously I'm you know not going to go into any detail. I think it's really important that anybody who um, has been affected by that get in contact with the relevant. Uh, Mental health support services that are available throughout Australia, and there are some really good ones out there now, um, such as Lifeline, etc., you know, that can help you out because obviously um, it has affected a lot of people. Um, I know working for GBOTA, um, us in conjunction with GWIC and Grand Race New South Wales, we have a participant support hotline uh, that you can contact as well. Obviously, um, you can either phone or SMS, um, and I'll put the phone numbers up with this podcast when I post it, just for anybody that needs to have a chat um, about it but I also did put a post up earlier with contacts for every state uh, in Australia uh, if you do have a welfare concern um, who you can contact to have a chat about that concern. I think most states can let you remain anonymous obviously it is helpful the more information you can give them but I know from a GWIC perspective you can choose to remain anonymous but Anybody that has any details of any sort of, um, you know, animal cruelty acts going on, please don't hesitate to speak out. I'm happy for you to contact me um, if you're a bit shy or nervous or don't know who to contact and I can help you out. But yeah, the quicker we, um, you know, can stamp, you know, anything else that's going on out of the sport, um, the better. So yeah, I just wanted to raise that point um, because, you know, we all have a zero tolerance policy on animal cruelty and yeah, the people that um, may be doing it definitely need to be out of the sport forever. Um, Okay. Moving on to more positive things. Um, Young Victorian trainer Kayla Cottrell um, at Shepherdon on Monday, she's got a very handy dog, Journey Beyond. Um, he won his eighth straight race and he's uh, got 11 wins now from 12 starts. He's a son of Kibo and Bogey Princess. And for anyone that doesn't know young Kayla, she actually won her first group one race at 18 years old. Um, and she's already notched up 29 wins this year from just 53 starters. And yeah, she's, um, she's certainly going to be a, a – well, she is a star trainer now, Dad, but she's going to be a star of the future for sure.
1: Yeah, any dog that she's got uh, has al- always got ability. I When you first interviewed her when she was young and that, yeah, she was an up-and-coming and a, a lovely person, and she certainly gets dogs going. So it's good to see the younger ones getting into the sport. Uh. Because us older ones are getting a bit near retirement now.
0: <laughs> I think it's, um, it's good the fact that, you know, anybody that, you know, I know people can get a little bit, especially the young ones, get a little bit intimidated sometimes when they look at the big trainers and think, oh, you know, how can I possibly take them on but I think Kayla's uh sort of putting a really good um image out there and you know from a a role model aspect and you know not just young girls young boys as well can look up to her and say hey if she can do it at 18 why can't I
1: oh that's right there's anyone can do it uh you just got to have a bit of confidence in yourself and confidence in your dogs and look after your dogs and you'll soon get the rewards that's That's the main thing, as long as you look after the dogs. Don't be scared to try something. Uh, You know, it doesn't always work, of course, as i found out many times. (laughs) But it's just a learning curve, and, yeah, you're never too old to learn something new.
0: I get when I uh, interview people on uh, my podcast, particularly trainers, always say to them, oh, look, you know, growing up or even now, is there anybody that you sort of, you know, like to bounce ideas off or or mentors? But yeah, were you sort of a person growing up? You like to ask a lot of questions. I know you mentioned last week you had a fair bit to do with um, the likes of Kenny Cheatham, who was obviously a a stalwart trainer around here. But yeah, you know, is that sort of your advice for anyone just to, you know, pick those sort of brains of those successful trainers?
1: Yeah, when you get in the mix with them, I was only young, but you get in the mix with them. They talk. Yeah, once they once they know that you're interested in the sport and that they they give you advice and that you know they'll they'll come around to you. I was only young, and as a lot of big trainers used to come to Singleton and that, and I used to sort of go up and more or less bullshit to them, and <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, They come around, once they see you once, they always say g'day ever after that. And if they don't, well, they're not worth talking to if they don't acknowledge you after that. But 99% of the ones I know have been like it all their life.
0: I've said to a lot of youngsters or and just new people who have approached me, they said, oh, you know, I'm a, a little bit shy to, to go up to such and such and ask a question. And I said, look, you know, a majority of, you know, trainers and, and breeders and that sort of uh, those sorts of people are on social media now. So I said, look, if you're a little bit shy, maybe just reach out to them and say, hey, do you mind if I come up and have a a quick chat with you at the track? And, you know, I'm yet to find anyone that says no or won't at least point someone in the right direction. So, yeah, I always say, um, yeah, if you can reach out to them, possibly on social media first or, you know, send them a text message or something like that if you're a little bit bit nervous to go up to them um, in person. But, um, yeah, I'm sure there's many people that are a bit nervous to go up to you, Dad, um, because you're a bit of a star now. (laughs) But they you are out. approachable
1: They come up to me and ask me not to back their dog So they got it chance of
0: That is true <laughs> You can stop a dog, I'll give you that
1: yeah, I can stop a dog
0: oh, <laughs> Um we mentioned last week some of the old timers that were going around, and it sort of just rolled over into this week. Um, tricky Chicopee for Darren Northey. He won at Richmond last Sunday at six years of age, and yeah, no, that's um, that was a terrific training effort by Daz, and he was absolutely wrapped with the performance. Um, South Australian chaser, Filthy Phantom. He's actually been officially retired now. Uh, Tony Heinrichson, as I said last week, he's going to stand him at stud and have a few straws available. So if you're keen to get a dog with plenty of endurance um, throughout his career, he's um, he's definitely a man. He had 345 starts overall for 38 wins and 124 placings. Um, and one of our favorites, Dad, King Kinglock, who, um, who tried to eat me when I walked past Nolan's van on Friday. He's still got a lot of fire in his belly. Um, he notched up another two seconds this week um, on Wednesday and then again on Friday. And that made it 81 seconds from 287 starts. And he goes around at, at Gosford on Tuesday and race 12 from box six just in a Masters event over the 388 metres. But, um, yeah, no, there's, uh, there's plenty of old stages going around, isn't there?
1: Oh, exactly right, exactly right. And a lot of these Masters races, they're running quicker times than the top grade.
0: Yep, yep.
1: They're uh,
0: very competitive.
1: Very competitive. They're just, if they're they're free of injuries and that, uh, they can be very competitive in any, any race they contest.
0: Yep. Um, just rolling on with Gosford. Uh, the gold mine was run on Tuesday, and that was taken out by Bailey Bear. Um, brilliant performance from Box Five, which is not the easiest box as we know to to step from. But yeah, the son of Fernando Bal and Nova Hart, he uh, carved out twenty nine sixteen. And yeah, when you're running those sorts of times over that five fifteen, Dad, you, um, not much is going to catch you.
1: Yeah, you don't get run down. I just like to make a point that I did tip him on the show last week. So I couldn't <laughs> stop him.
0: <laughs> well, uh,
1: yeah. I was going to say
0: he'd uh, he'd be a bit relieved after that, considering yeah, what yeah, you yeah. just said about stopping uh, dogs. So, <laughs> yeah, but
1: it, yeah. When you when you highball well up front like he was, there's nothing going to run you down run that time.
0: Yep. I think um, you know while it's still early days, you know he might be possibly looking at a black top tilt for him, and then into the million dollar chase. You would think.
1: Oh, I think he'd be certainly to come for the black top.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yep.
1: With his, with his early speed, that's where you got to be in front.
0: Um twelve thousand dollars connections took home for that race. Um yeah, it's been a, a nice little race for a few years now. Like I said last week, Bandit Ned um was one of the previous winners, and yeah, he obviously went on to have a, a terrific career in a group run Vic Peters and all the rest of it. So um yeah, no, looks like um pretty promising times ahead for Bailey Bear. Um speaking of Sam, he also farewelled his star chaser Yuko Girl, um Richmond Oaks winner. She's now been retired. Um she's owned by New Haven Stud Farm, um, the Delaroche family. So so yeah, she's headed back down south to Victoria and um know, yeah, I'm pretty confident she'll be um she'll be mated to one of uh, Nick's bitch uh, Nick's size that he's got down there. Um but yeah, really nice bitch, Dad, and very consistent.
1: Yeah, and she's very quick early, good box dog, won a lot of races in the first ten meters.
0: Yep. Yep. Um, Sale Greyhound Club—they posted a nice little time uh, time lapse video on their Facebook page throughout the week. Um, they're hoping to return to racing on the third of September this year. Um, yeah, so just jump on and follow the Sale Greyhound Club on Facebook just to keep up to date with what's happening there and their return. But yeah, no, it'll be uh, it'll be great to see that club uh, back up and running, and yeah, looking forward to to seeing their um, their new track in operation um how many back winners you backed at sale dad have you had much success there
1: yeah backed a few the sale cups always big down there yeah
0: good race when,
1: it, when it's on uh, a lot of good dogs are one
0: in yep no definitely um,
1: not many that are back
0: but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no that's all right that's all right um Wednesday night there was um there wouldn't have been a a dryer in the house I I wouldn't have thought it at Wentworth Park with Windra All Class um she came back after a couple of weeks and notched up her first win in a little while in the free for all event and of course um you know she was owned by the late Sue Barton um who unfortunately passed away recently and yeah no there was no doubt that Sue was helping her in that win and. Yeah, she, you know, it was just business as usual for her. You know, she jumped and ran, and you know, simply limelight. He, you know, he did get held up a little bit, but you know, you make your own luck in races. And like you said, Dad, um, that early speed, there's just no substitute for it.
1: That's right. When you're leading, and it was great to see a win. You know, uh, it was terrific moment. And when you're leading, and you're a length in front, that's more or less two lengths that the dog behind you has got to make up to get in front of you.
0: Yep, yep.
1: You know, and a good trainer said to me, I'd rather be in front and a little bit weak at the end because you haven't got to have a mix-up behind where if you're behind in the pack, you got to race for luck.
0: Yep, yep. Um, I just want to acknowledge to um, Bradley Rogers, um, Peter Rogers' son posted a nice comment and he said, look, um, you know, Obviously, Simply Limelight running second, but he said, you know, we were more than happy to finish second um, on Wednesday night. And yeah, you know, while everyone loves to win, I think that was, you know, a testament to himself making a comment like that, obviously, you know, for the for the Barton and Gatt families just to say that. So yeah, um, yeah, very nice, um, Brad, to say that. So um, good on you. And I'm sure Simply Limelight will be back in the winner's circle um, very shortly. Um, Heath Ardle up in Townsville. He had a, a night to remember. He boxed. Uh, he handled seven greyhounds during the weekend. Boxed four winners on the one night. Dad, you ever come close handling that many winners? You, I think you've only boxed four winners in probably the last ten years. You poor bugger.
1: Yes, yes, it's. Uh, <laughs> that, oh. oh, oh. If I seven dogs, I'd be that buggered. I wouldn't about to enjoy it.
0: Well, I was a bit worried about you on Friday night because you backed up race a race after race. And I said, oh, dear, I was wondering how the knees and that were going. But, yeah, how did you pull up doing it back to back?
1: The adrenaline got me through. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I caught one of Robbie Howard's too.
0: Yeah, you with did. His, you had a big night.
1: With his gummy knee and my gummy knees, we looked like too. <laughs> I think the vet, the vet should have
0: called us. in. I was going to say, yeah, I was um, I was surprised you didn't get ten days for the way you were limping at the end of the night. He,
1: he limped towards me, and I limped towards him. <laughs> and the, actually, the dog was limping too.
0: I think. Oh no, yeah. uh, dear. Anyway, no, that's all good. So yeah, um, good on you, Heath. It would have um, yeah, would have been a massive thrill, um, no doubt to handle that many winners. Um, also in Queensland, a uh, young gun trainer. Jetta Cutlack, she trained three winners at Albion Park on Thursday night and yeah she's an amazing trainer she's a a fellow Crohn's disease uh sufferer like myself and you know to do what I couldn't you know I definitely couldn't do what she does and I know you know she's had a, a terrible time with her illness but yeah to to get up and and do what she does every day and to train winners left right and center yeah um good on to her and she uh she's obviously a a big inspiration for anyone that is you know battling some sort of illness or um you know possible physical disadvantage and yeah she's um flying the flag for us cronies for sure um moving on to friday the southern stars final it was an absolutely stacked final um won by big daddy for anthony as He came up from victoria and got the cash um in a very quick twenty four fifty two over the 440 meters uh for anyone that doesn't know he's owned by josie arthur who obviously owns postman pat um so yeah the new zealand dogs dad are coming over here and just killing it yeah
1: that's right they're uh I watched the race and he went great, and the other dog went great to run second, screaming jet too. Yep, yeah. He's a very rated dog, but uh, yeah, she was a hot field. She's a pearl and zipping Elena. They didn't get much luck early, but uh, yeah, very hot, hot race for a one turner.
0: Yep. Um, Big Daddy is by Fernando Balrosa T. Um, And, yeah, speaking of Postman Pat, he obviously went around on Saturday night at the Meadows. That was his first appearance at the track over the 5.25. And, you know, while he he didn't step, you know, as – phenomenally well as what i thought he might have once he hit the ground and took those few strides he you know put a couple of lengths on him and it was just times and margins after that and carved out twenty nine sixty, which i think he can improve on that and that was from um box three and i know he's one of your favorites dad and your mdc tip
1: yeah yeah no he went great he he's just a, a pretty well tradesman like dog he gets the job done done Doesn't matter uh, what happens to him, that was his first run of the track and you could tell he was just sucking oxygen in at the end but, yeah, he's cruising along nicely. I'm sure Thompson's wrapped with him the way he's going.
0: Yeah. I think um, a lot of people, like a couple of people said, oh, you know – I might have expected him to go a bit quicker I said yeah but you know the meadows and sand down I said are two completely different tracks I said it's not just the fact that they're different distances I said you talk to anybody down there who races down there week in week out they're two totally different tracks some dogs suit sand down and not the meadows and vice versa and yeah I think um yeah I think he'll only improve on that time
1: yeah, I wouldn't mind a dog to run twenty nine six series <laughs> for <the> run.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't mind a dog that could just race there, to be honest, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: They, they can't go around and break the record every week. Yep, yeah,
0: they're,
1: they're not a machine. Yep. But, uh, yeah, like nine six his first look around there. As you say, he missed the kick of touch, but he sort of gassed himself early too, so uh, yeah, they, he was very impressive.
0: Um, back up to Richmond, the cannonball was run on Friday. Um, speeding fine for the Vandenberg family took it out. Um, they collected 15,000 for their efforts. Uh, speeding fine, by Zembora Brocky had a Mystic Quality, uh, run 22.52 and that's now, I think, um, you know, to me this dog's very underrated, you only got to look at the record, 15 wins from 18 starts and 5 from 5 over the 401 metres, so, you know, while you're not going to get a, a massive price every start, I think definitely a dog worth uh, keeping an eye on and, um, yeah, what did you make of that run?
1: Yeah, very impressive. Yeah, he's certainly a specialist there, as the uh, Moose is too, you know. Yeah. Uh, it was a very high-speed racer, all right, and the time reflected that too.
0: Yep, yep. Um, back down south to Victoria, um, there's a dog that will be looking for his fourth win from as many starts to kick off his career at Shepparton tomorrow night. Um, he's a dog by the name of Jetson's Flash. Um for Mark Cartaccini and he will go around in race nine from box four so if you're keen to have a look at him and see if he can keep his uh perfect career record intact um yeah I know he's um yeah, you know, daughter Olivia, you know, she's a lovely girl, absolutely loves her greyhounds and um yeah, she was very excited after he uh, managed to get the three from three last week. So, um yeah, good luck to the family tomorrow night and hopefully can um keep that record going. Um by Barcia Bale, dad who I'm pretty sure is your favourite sire of all time. Um yeah, I got a soft spot for him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I like Barcia Bale's.
0: Yep. Yep. Um, back up to the gardens. I was there on Friday night and, uh, yeah, I didn't, I honestly didn't know this was happening, but I was very excited when I saw them hook the double lure on and I thought, well, I'm going to get a video of this. And, uh, yeah, no, I was just so impressed with how, you know, it didn't swing out or anything like that. Um, you know, whether it may have just been a coincidence, but I watched a two dog hand slip, they hand slip from, um, the post to post point at the gardens which is roughly halfway up the home straight um there was two dogs one dog as they sort of swung for home one dog sat behind the lure closest to the rail and the other sat behind um the one on the outside and You know, from my vantage point where I was standing behind the 515-metre boxes, I could see that, you know, if greyhounds were a little bit behind them, they'd still be able to see them because they were sitting up high enough for dogs sort of, you know, if they were you know maybe a bit behind or tailing off that they could still see it. But, um, yeah, I shared the video, got a lot of positive feedback, Dad, and I know this is something you're pretty passionate about to see the double lures come back in.
1: Oh, certainly, you know. uh, I've had a lot of blokes say to me, they don't know why their dogs are not railing, uh, and a lot of dogs are not railing. Very few do now, and I said, because the hoop arm's halfway out in the track. And I said, the keen dog's just following it. He's not worried where the rail is. He's worried where the lure is. And if they put the double hairs on, you get the dogs coming back closer to the rail, and they, they they can see it. And the wide runners, they got their own one out there too, so it's only common sense, you know.
0: Yep. Yeah. It's the way to, Yeah, sorry, you go?
1: Yeah, it's the way to go. It's just going to be that much better.
0: Yep. I know it's sort of easy to say in hindsight now, but do you think realistically it could help maybe combat the, you know, things like failing to chase and marring charges that, I don't know, just seem to see a fair few of them these days?
1: I think so, because honestly, Sonny, nothing against it, but Sonny and moped sitting out there... And you know, dogs are chasing the noise and the arm, really. Uh, but they see the see the little bit with the tail on, and that it just puts that extra uh, what would you say zest into their mind and gives them a little bit more encouragement to run. Yeah. Uh, they, that blue thing they got hanging on there doesn't give a dog anything. They they're listening for the noise and everything like that. But when they can see something that they want to change, which is only natural to them, uh, I think it'll be a big improvement.
0: Yep. No, hopefully. Um, I think they're only in the trial stages at the moment. I'm pretty sure they're supposed to be coming in, in August. So, yeah, I really hope that um, that's still on track to happen because, yeah, I was super impressed with the, the few trials that I saw and, yeah, um, yeah like I said the the video on my page has had nothing but positive feedback and yeah I think um yeah I think it'd be great if it uh it came in and and remained permanent um moving back to Victoria Greyhound Race in Victoria posted a status update on uh my favorite wow she's fast um Kel said it will be a bit of a long slow process with her um She's got a bone that is healing nicely in her left hind leg after a recent scan. That's what uh, Kel quoted in the article. Um, but he said, look, at the end of the day, if she's not 100% right, she won't be coming back to the track. I mean, she's won over $2.3 million in prize money and countless feature races. So... Um, so you know if this if that was her last race, um, Dad, and she doesn't race anymore, you know, in you know I might be a bit biased, but in my opinion, she'll she'll um be remembered as one of the greats of the sport.
1: Oh, definitely, you know, uh, what' she win two Phoenixes.
0: Yeah, two Phoenixes, maturity, um, maturity classic. Yeah, and how many finals has she been been in? And yeah, she's run the hands off the clock at you know all all the you know tracks she's been at. So. Yeah, and she'll make a lovely brood bitch too.
1: Yeah, she's a nice big bitch. And, uh, yeah, no, and like Cal Greeno, as you know him better than anyone, him and his wife, he will not risk her at all if she shows any little thing because he wouldn't race her a lot of times because he just thought she wasn't happy, she wasn't off. So he scratched her out of some big races just for that reason.
0: Yep. Yep, yeah. And it's, you know, it, it's a good lesson to anyone. Like, while well, people said, oh, you know, she Shelly sort of pops up every now and then. But when she did pop up, most of the time she won. Like, you know, when she popped up in the Tem Lee, she won. When she popped up in the shootout, she won. And then, yeah, the the break in between the Phoenix, she won. And yeah, so, you know, you've only got to look at how he trained her to know that, okay, if, um, you know, while everyone doesn't have, obviously, a dog of her caliber, if you are looking to prolong a career and you know if you've got a dog good enough to target those feature races why not train a like that
1: yeah yeah a wise old trainer told me once if you get them out of the kennel and you're not happy with them uh and you go into the trials or races put them back in the kennel there's always next week because if you take them there mightn't be next week
0: yep yep no very good advice um again another one of our favorites we should have called this the bias segment um Palawar king he uh (laughs) (laughs) your favorite um yeah stepped out in a 600 meter event at the meadows on saturday night uh clock 34.178 obviously victoria um they have that third third decimal place with their times but um yeah he sort of just does what people expect him to do and you know I probably maybe expected him to jump a little bit better after what he did at Wenny but you know the, the travel and everything can certainly play a part and yeah he, he sort of just flopped out from box four and yeah showed great track sense for a dog you know that hasn't been to the meadows all that many times and um yeah it was uh what we expect from him just a, one of those natural come from behind wins
1: yeah well he's only had the one 500 he's went to Victoria and jack's probably put a bit of work into him so he's uh not as fresh as he was and yeah he just lobbed out and lobbed straight to the fence and made his own luck and yeah he cruised up down going down the back she was all over
0: another one for the feral frankies uh they're just absolutely flying i mean (laughs) he, he can't go wrong with the feral like he was just a sensational race dog but I personally don't think anyone, you know, a lot of people probably didn't predict the success at start as what he's having with such a a stacked um, size market at the moment. So yeah, it's just um, it's a you know obviously a testament to the dog, but you know to to everyone involved with him uh, at our rink yeah. and Kennels and the owners for um you know obviously what they've done with him, looking after him in retirement, and it's shown in his pups.
1: Yeah, certainly. And you caught the king at the gardens, and he's just a beautiful dog. Yeah. He's a magnificent dog, and, uh, yeah, he seems to be chucking good sorts everywhere.
0: Yep, yep. Um, Rod McDonald, he, uh, I personally, you know, my best memory of Rod is when we first went down to Wentworth Park, and he took out the 2009 Golden Easter egg final with Dana Beatrice. That was um, that was a oh, magnificent shit. night. Yeah, that was an amazing night. I mean, you go back and look through the field uh, of that race. There was Miss Ellie Mint. I think she had box one. El Gallo had four from memory. And, yeah, they brought the trainers around on the cars uh, around the outside of the track before the race. And just the aura around it was just unbelievable. I was nervous at the fence, and I obviously had nothing to do with any of the dogs. But, yeah, no, that was – um that was such a, a good Easter egg to be our first Easter egg night. And, um, yeah, Rod and, um, Rod and his wife, Rebecca, they, uh, yeah, they took out four races at Dubbo on Saturday night, which, you know, is, is not an easy feat to do. And, uh, yeah very very good trainer and just for anyone that doesn't know Rob and Rebecca were they were the people behind uh, the initial giving of flyaway Frank to young Jason Madden who everyone would know from sort of around the Hunter Valley particularly at the Gardens I think that's his favorite track to go to and uh, yeah on Wednesday um, he managed to get a third placing and yeah he was a very happy boy on Friday night when I saw him and yeah, no, it was um, it was great to see Frank get a place, and and hopefully a uh, a win's not too far away. But uh, it's Shane Cartwright, obviously, who trains the dog, for Jason, everyone involved, and Maddie Martin, who organised it all. Um, yeah, no, good on you guys, cause I I could see how proud he was and how happy he was with that uh that third placing. And yeah, Maddie Martin's your biggest fan now, Dad. So yeah, you'll have to give him a <laughs> give him a shout out. Yeah,
1: I think he's just been nice to me. <laughs>
0: How much did you pay him? <laughs> yeah,
1: good on you, <laughs> uh,
0: um, Speaking of Jack Smith, he, uh, I tell you, I think Marie was there on Friday at Goulburn, but um, they can certainly draw boxes because they've come up with one and two in the final of the Zoom Top Maiden, which obviously had a stack of good youngsters uh, coming up. Uh, in the series, which the Heats were run on Friday, $25,000 to the winner this week. Uh, Last year, it was won by Zipping Orlando, um, who obviously, you know, went around in the the Southern Stars final, and we all know what he's gone on to do. Group one winner, 715, you know, the the list of his achievements just goes on and on but the fastest qualifier was bandit bluey for team lord um in twenty four eighty seven. and uh yeah also it's been a a good week for for the team they got a winning treble last night at at wentworth park and yeah dog by collision out of opal rocks and um yeah, no, you you obviously you can't go wrong when you're back. uh back Andy and Jody's dogs, Dad, because you know they know how to train them, and especially youngsters, they have such a good success rate with maidens. Obviously, they took out the big maiden on Golden Easter Egg Night with one hot bandit, and uh yeah, they um they really know how to find them.
1: Oh yeah, of course they do. They uh they got a fantastic setup where they are, and they try a lot of golden too on the one turner to get them going and yeah and yeah whenever they got a dog in uh, you certainly know that they're up to the mark
0: hi everyone just a quick break in the podcast to have a chat to you about fire legend who's now gone to stud a son of fernando Bale and tick fire he was ultra consistent on the racetrack having won multiple group races and also running track records and best of the nights everywhere he contested he won the group two 2020 lismore cup the 2022 masters meteor final at wentworth park he finished third in the 2021 group one pause of thunder and third in the 2020 21 Group 2 Lismore Cup. He had 120 appearances for 54 wins, 21 seconds and 15 thirds with a strike rate of 45% and he won almost $360,000 in prize money. Straws are now available for just $1,100 and you can contact his owner trainer Mark Moroni on 0401 332 062 or or email FireLodge99 at Outlook.com, and he also has a page on Facebook you can follow. Thanks, and back to the podcast. All right, so welcome back, everyone. Um, So now this is our breeding barn chat. So this is where I just sort of go through and um, find on, um, I have to, you know, thank GRV Fast Track for this, because that's where I find most of my litter information. But yeah, for anyone that doesn't know, they do have a great resource where. um, sort of most of the registered litters, um, you know, fairly up to date are listed on there. You can search by sire. You can search. Um, you can look up a dam and see how many litters she's had, and then obviously click right through to the name um, of the actual offspring that she's uh, she's produced. So yeah, just Google GRV Fast Track you can jump on there and have a look like I do some that have just stood out to me the last uh, week or two so these are only matings they haven't actually had pups yet but um, dad again your favorite sire or one of your favorite sires and race dogs I know he's not hasn't had any hit the track yet but um, they shouldn't be too far away now Ashton Rupee Mystic Riot um, she was Pete Lagosiani's MDC winner that uh, that's a nice mating uh, Ashton Wink Set. now she is the mother of Windra all class uh, lend me dad and peacekeeper so that's obviously a a, a nice mating as well that people can keep an eye on ashton rupee good odds megan um for the Hearst family so that's good odds emma ties that bind um and ties that bind funnily enough has also just been mated to ashton rupee um some fernando bale ones fernando bale nengar gold uh fernando bale barcia quality uh and a nice feral frankie analyzing um she was a very good bitch as well and uh yeah, no, I mean, Ashton rupee has been so hyped, Dad. I think um, people are just chomping at the bit now to see his pups hit the track.
1: Yeah, exactly right, because uh, they're all hoping for one like him, that's for sure.
0: Well, you only got to look like, you know, I know I did my podcast with Dave Brush the other day and he stresses this point more than anyone. He said, you know, it comes back to the bitch. You got to look at the bitch and, you know, if she's thrown something, then, you know, he said it's more than likely that she'll be able to throw to anything. And you look at a bitch like, um, you know, Winkset and Good Odds Megan who have thrown really good dogs in the past and, you know, yeah, it'd be, you know, very rare to think that they wouldn't throw something to by him.
1: Yeah, exactly right, and uh, for resale value too, you got to go to the top size, because uh, they're proven and everything, and now the good bitches, uh, if they're going to sell them, of course, they'll sell them straight away.
0: Yep. Um, the Tommy Shelbys, they are absolutely flying. Um, he had his first winner over the seven hundred, which was King Tommy, um, at Kennington on Saturday night. Uh flying Frida, she won again over the six hundred metres. And um, you know, for the fact that he is a WA um sire, he's got pups over here, Dad, that are just winning at every track.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's talking about Tommy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> We were there, the night he won the e Street. Uh, what was that, 2021? I've never, you know, I might just be being a bit biased here because, you know, we were there on the night, but I've never seen a dog come out like that from Box 8, you know, in a field like that that can, you know, included the likes of Wow, etc. who, you know, had quick early sections. He just flew across from Box 8, which is not an easy thing to do at Wennie. Nah, he,
1: no, he was very impressive that night. I didn't didn't think he could get across, but as soon as the lids opened, he was across before they went five yards.
0: Yep, and that's still the golden Easter egg um, record. What did he run? Was it 29-27? Something like that, yeah. yeah. And that still remains the race record um, for that time, and... Yeah, unless you know a spectacular dog comes along, I really can't see that you know being broken anytime soon. Cause that was just yeah, it was just phenomenal, um, to see him do that live. It was um, yeah, it was really good to be there. Um, Mr. Audacious, uh, he was a very very good dog. He by Beast Unleashed. He got his first girl in pup, um, Chatterbox Tilly. So, yeah, best of, best of luck. Um, obviously to to Mark and Rachel, um, Buzitel down there in Victoria. It'd be um really nice to see him get some some good bitches down there i know obviously it is hard in this uh current environment and you know with the cost of living people aren't you know sort of breeding as much and you know it, it's getting a little bit harder to sell pups but yeah i really hope he um he gets some nice ones on the ground um zipping curios is now at stud he's 1100 which i think is a very reasonable int- introductory fee obviously by um by Kemo Hallinan, um, and you know Minnie Finn, she um, for a lady that's had so many good dogs come through her kennels, dad, for her to say that you know he's pretty much the favorite, and you know I posted some pictures. It was a couple of weeks ago now of him and and John Finn <laughs> sitting on the lounge together, and Minnie said that's the first dog I've ever let inside. Um, you know there was something pretty special about him. Oh, he
1: was a phenomenal dog. Everyone would like one. Of, <coughs> one of him in their kennel.
0: Yes. Yep. I-
1: Ultra consistent every time he stepped onto the track, you knew he was a chance. Didn't matter whether he was 10 to 1 on or 100 to 1. Yeah. He would try his, try his guts out, and he, he, he had a finish on him like you wouldn't believe.
0: Well, he's. You know, personally, I think he's. Um, oh probably because we were there but I think he's winning the Gosford Cup um to run down the caliber of dogs that were in that race was amazing obviously most people would remember his country classic win um at Dubbo but you know he only went in with a whisker of taking out the MDC last year which was won by McInerney probably only needed a stride or two and he wins that so that you know may have changed things a little bit for him because we'd be talking about him you know maybe in a, a different context but doesn't take away from the fact that you know he won over you know a multitude of distances And, um, you know, from the famous uh, Helen and Line, I don't think you can go wrong with the breeding
1: Yeah well, It was funny when everyone said He's finished and that You know, he's over the hill All of a sudden he come out and knock the hot pots off In a big race
0: Yep, yep It
1: it's gave 100% And hopefully he'll throw it into his pups too The chase like he did
0: Yep Um, Flying Ricardo, he's another one that's obviously, you know, going super at, at stud. And he, um, he had a dog trial 29.66 at Wennie, um, the other night, Christy posted that on the Flying Ricardo, um, at stud Facebook page, which you can follow. Um, and the run home was 11.69. So he's, um, yeah, he's definitely, um, he's definitely sort of standing out now that he's, you know, throwing, you know, he's starting to throw these really sort of good dogs, um, you know, that are posting these sorts of times. I mean, you know, they don't most of the time they don't go a lot quicker than 29.66 at when, he Dad?
1: No, he, uh, now he's starting to throw winners over 500, which people were waiting to see. Yep. But he just didn't have speedy quib, squibs. But now his dogs are getting over 500 and that and going really well. So that's another feather in his cap too.
0: Yep. Hi everyone! just a little break in the podcast I just wanted to let you know about some pups that are for sale by Fernando Bale out of Nick Mac Miss she was trained by astute Victorian mentor Dave Gill and she won nine races from 38 appearances she's a beautiful black and white bitch by unlawful entry out of Miss Morissette and there are currently two Brindle Girls for sale for $8,000 you can contact Steve McPhee for more details or if you'd like to purchase one you can send him a message on Facebook or give him a call or text message at zero four three five nine eight seven zero four nine or email him at Stephen McPhee at optusnet.com.au Thanks again for listening and now back to the podcast. Alright, so well we I know we haven't covered everything, Dad. I think that's um you know. A little bit of a a summary of what's going on in Greyhound Racing um, across Australia for the week. I know there was Darwin Cup Heats um, on tonight, which is Sunday night. So we'll chat about those next week. Um, We're rolling into the Nationals now, which are coming up shortly. Um, They'll be held at the Meadows this year on the 26th of August. And yeah, I, I love the Nationals. I think they're so good. So good to watch because obviously you're cheering for your state and fingers crossed New South Wales can um can do something because our football team sucks, so hopefully our dogs won't.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That all that you asked about the break ins, that was from the old days when we all used to do it ourselves. So probably the break in people have their own different methods now, but I was just speaking how we used to do it in the old days, so
0: mm, Yeah. Oh look Every- yeah.
1: Every, everyone can make up their own more now they yep. do
0: it yeah look what, that,
1: that what works one might work for the other
0: yeah they and it all it was was to give basically an overview because some people would have when you say break in they would have absolutely no idea what you're talking about so at least it just gives people who may not know a little bit of an insight into how it works they can take bits and pieces from what they want if they want to have a crack at breaking in themselves you know good luck to them so um, yeah, it was just, yeah, basically just to give people a little bit of an insight. Um, Dad, any dogs to follow this week? What um, what are you looking forward to most in the upcoming week? You'd be looking forward to that maiden final, wouldn't you, at
1: Yes, yes. Uh, it would be very interesting because Goulburn's a track that uh, if you're not in front, you need a lot of luck to get through there, even though the long straight you still got to know where you're going to pups like maidens. Anything can happen. But, yeah, no, it'll, it'll definitely be a good race. And we'll see where Postman Pat and the King's going then.
0: Yep, yep. And how many winners are you going to handle this week? Uh,
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> if anyone, you know, we might be at the Garden Saturday. If anyone's got a dog they think's going to win, yeah, you know, Dad'll happily handle it. He, he needs to get <laughs> he needs to get back on the board, so <laughs> uh,
1: I I'll probably go to Mustbrook on Wednesday and you know, hope we have a couple
0: ah, there. Oh right, very good. Okay, we'll look
1: Be, up that way.
0: Yep, yep, we'll look for you up there. No, very yeah. good. All right, thanks very much, Dad, and, um, yeah, thanks to everyone listening, and hopefully um, we'll catch you again next week. We're going to start having some guests on the show, Dad, so, um, yeah, you'll have to share the limelight with um, some people in the coming weeks just for a little bit. It, we, you know, we won't take it all away from you, but, yeah, we're just going to get a couple of people in um, every now and then to sort of join us and have a chat. Oh,
1: that'd be good. Take the pressure off me some.
0: <laughs> no, nah, you're all right. Thanks everyone for listening to this episode of the Sunday Stir Up Podcast, proudly brought to you by Hiders Australia and Hound Haulers Transport. You can find them both on Facebook or please Google search them. And thanks for supporting the businesses that support Greyhound Racing. If you have any feedback or questions or would like a shout out on the podcast, please send me an email at thegreyhoundgirlau at gmail.com or you can find me on Facebook. Once again, best of luck to everyone racing this week and I'll catch up with you again next Sunday.